Nate's come out with another awesome tool for the swimming community. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. It has all the information you're looking for, event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Okay, Sarah Sostrom, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Oh, I really appreciate you doing this on a Sunday. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. Oh, thanks for asking me to join this podcast. Yeah. Now, listen, the world wants to know, obviously, how are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but it could be better, of course, because I, um, I broke my elbow three weeks ago um, mm. because I slipped and I fell forward and hit my elbow really hard on the ground. So I was just super unlucky. Were you coming out of practice or into practice? How did it happen? I just parked my car. Uh, I was going to a friend's uh, apartment. Just parked my car. Uh, and then I walked around the corner and I, I slipped. Mm. That's pretty much it. Wow. I thought maybe if I would get an injury, it would be because I was uh, training too much. Or maybe <laughs> if I'm stupid to, to go skiing or mm. Uh, ice skating or like some or biking or something like that but i just i was literally just walking and slipped wow so was, some, something as simple as that so unlucky yeah it's been so much uh, snow this winter in sweden like it, we usually have snow but it's been for many many days and then it melts and then another layer of snow comes and then mm. it's like you can't see where the ice is because it's like snow on the ice yeah. Um, so I was just walking on, on the snow and then I slipped. Now, um, did you know, ice under. did you know immediately that you had, uh, done some real damage? Uh, first, uh, first I thought I was uh, a drama queen. Uh, <laughs> so I fell and I was just this in my head. I lost my hearing, uh, and it took like 30 minutes before I felt like I got my I got back mm. uh, and then I, I started like touching my elbow and I could feel something wasn't 100% right, but I, I still didn't know uh, that it was broken. I, 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 I didn't want to believe it was broken. So, but then I realized, okay, maybe it's better to, because I was this year, maybe, maybe I hit my head without knowing it. So um, we decided to go to the emergency and then, I was, um, I did an x-ray uh, and then doctor came into the room and, and told me he had bad news for me. And then he, he mentioned that I, I got a fracture in my, in my elbow. Um, so that's, that was like two hours after I fell, but it was, was, the, uh, sure. was the decision um, to think about treatment or was it immediately you need surgery? He just said, um, I'm sorry, I have very, very bad news. You have a fracture in your elbow and you need to have a surgery uh -huh. uh, as quick as possible. Mm. Um, it, but it, at the same time, it was a good fracture. I don't know what it means in the, <laughs> in the doctor language, but he said it, it's a good fracture because it's, it's easy to do a, a surgery. Mm. Um, it was like a really clean uh, 
fracture. Um, so I was lucky because of that, but yeah. You don't seem like the type of person that cries a lot. You seem pretty tough. Did, did this one make you cry a little bit? Of course. Uh, first, uh, after I fell, I, and I got scared, of course, mm. because I, I was so dizzy and I couldn't, I couldn't hear for a moment. Mm. Uh, I thought I hit my head or something when I fell. And then I, I cried and then uh, I cried the next time when uh, the doctor told me I had a fracture and I need surgery. It's, mm. It was devastating because and I've, I never, ever had a, a serious injury like that or something. And it came like a shock, you know? It's, yeah. Absolutely. It was devastating, but yeah, then I just had to find a way to, to deal with it. And so I've been quite calm after that. Um, so how long crying. after was, uh, how long after was the surgery? So I, I, I broke the elbow on a Saturday, on a Saturday, and I did the surgery early Monday morning. Oh, okay. And, and how long was the surgery? How long did that take? Um, so I was I was out. <laughs> uh, I watched the, the the clock before I, they put me to sleep, um, and I think it was like nine thirty in the morning. And then the next time I I, I saw the the watch again, it was like two thirty. So I think that the <laughs> surgery was quite long. I didn't think it would be that long. I thought maybe it would take one hour, but um, yeah, it was uh, quite long. But so I was no sleeping all the time, so it felt like. <laughs> I was gone for two seconds anyway. That's nice. That's the good part about the, the drugs they give you there. But um, <laughs> so in terms of what they did, what, what did they actually do when they went in? They open. I have uh, this big uh, mm. scar now. There it is. Uh, and that the scar is actually that big as oh, this. Wow. Um, yeah, it's huge. It doesn't cut into your Olympic um, rings, does it? Yeah, it goes straight oh. in the Olympic rings. Oh, so, wow. um. Yeah, so they had to open up and then they put everything together with some metal plates. Um, I posted, a, I think I posted a photo on my social yeah. media. So if anyone is interested to see how it looks like, yeah, you can probably find it there. But um, I think it was 16 stitches, mm. quite a lot. Did they put any screws in there at all? Yeah, screws and a metal plate. Oh, wow. Okay. So what are they saying in terms of recovery for you? What, what is the outlook? So um, it's been three weeks now and they said uh, um, it usually takes six weeks before the fracture is healed. Mm. Uh, and then it, it will take 12 weeks after the surgery um, until the, um, the triceps and uh, all the ligaments is, is healed. That's the, the longest recovery time. Mm. Okay. Okay. So in terms of your mental approach to this, what, how are you, how are you attacking this injury? I'm just trying to find a way to, uh, you know, to deal with it. I, I can't control it. It's, um, uh, obviously it was devastating to, to get this fracture. Now it's such bad timing, but I, I'm trying to um, think that, okay, now I have an opportunity to work on, um things that i usually don't have time to work on like for example my legs are quite weak hmm. wow. uh, so now i have so much time to just focus on leg workouts in the gym and uh, uh also on, on monday i will actually go back or oh, tomorrow i will go back in the pool again 
for the first time in three weeks, but I will I will only do kicking for two two months. So I have so yeah. much time now to to just work on the on the, my weak spot. Uh oh, your legs are gonna be deadly now. You're gonna have some <laughs> some fit legs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I mean I'm just trying to think positive and then uh we'll see how it goes. I have some I have a lot of really good people around me who helps me help me with this. It wouldn't be possible without all the physios and uh, the support from all the coaches and yeah. Uh, they make sure I will get the best recovery uh that is possible. Yeah, I have no doubt that you've got really good people around you and they're probably telling you all the things that you need to hear, which is you're going to be back and, and uh, you'll be able to control the things you can control. Like you said, you you got a chance to work on your legs now, which is amazing. Have you had a have you had anyone with um, any injuries reach out to you and, and give you some advice? There, there's been so many people who reach out to me who also slipped during uh, the winter. Mm. <laughs> they Some people slipped and hurt their wrists or Mm -hmm. someone else had an elbow injury so yeah i I got a lot of support from different people who who told them uh, oh they told me like what what happened to them and stuff so very yeah it's uh yeah now have you uh already qualified for the olympics yes i'm i'm qualified so i can definitely go to the olympics but it, it it will be very, very hard to <laughs> to go back to like that uh, level I had uh, earlier in the year. I did 24.07 the same day as I uh, broke my elbow early in the morning. I just did a race in the morning. Um, uh, but yeah, I, the only thing I can do is, is try, you know. Yeah. To see yeah. how it goes. What's the, how much time do we have between now and the Olympics? Uh, I, I don't know exactly, but I know... So when I'm allowed to start using my right arm again in the mm-hmm. pool, yeah, it's it's about nine weeks until the Olympics start. So I mean I have about two months to get my right arm uh, back in track, but I don't know how long time that's gonna take. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to to make it work. Listen, I, I'm I'm just thinking as as I'm talking here. I did an interview with a with a sprinter by the name of Ben Wildman Tobrina. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, no. So <laughs> so I believe yeah. uh, well in 2007 he won the gold medal in the in the 50 freestyle at the World Championships, and then I think um, leading into 2008 he he had a pec injury he was in the gym and his pec tore off his shoulder oh my god yeah from That's what i understand serious. yeah and um and uh, and he's had to go through a, a recovery like this and ended up um only swimming within about eight weeks of the olympic games qualifying for the u.s olympic team finished second and then went to the olympic games and i believe he finished fourth in the 50 freestyles so um yeah, I might, uh, might get him in touch with you. He's a doctor now, actually. He swam for the U.S., um, incredible swimmer, a really, really fast sprinter. Um, but his mindset and the way that he approached his injury, uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking of him and, and the chat that I had with him about that. So I might put you two together because he's an incredible human and uh, had, had extreme success coming back from an injury that everybody said that, um, you know, he, he was not going to come back from. So. Yeah, I think a, very, a lot of it has to do with the mind as well, you know? Yeah, and it's very inspiring to see athletes who 
who fight all the way and they don't give up even if they have really serious injuries like that like for example for swimmers if you have an injury in your shoulder that's probably the most serious because uh, you really need your shoulders yeah. and so I'm, I'm quite lucky I can still do uh, some uh, movements with my shoulders and uh, and like try to you know be creative with it it's just mm-hmm. the elbow that is not I'm not allowed to put any force on the elbow but you just need to find a way to to make it work and then yeah a lot of athletes actually come back um stronger yeah for sure well i I tell you the 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 kicking and the visualization the mental side of it is going to be huge for you in the next few months but in terms of um what are they allowing you to do what are they making you do with the elbow right now so mostly like flexing and just uh um extension in my elbow uh it's really good now but uh um yeah i can't i can't put like any weight on it or carry anything in my arm or uh throw anything yeah um but it's just rehab every day right every day i'm doing rehab as we speak (laughs) that's good I'm trying to work in my grip strength. Ah, nice. I like it. I like it. Well, <laughs> listen, um, I, I'd like to talk about uh, you a little bit in terms of your, your history a little bit. I was looking over your, your bio today. I mean, it's just incredible the success that you've had in swimming. And I'll also tell you this, you know, I do a lot of interviews and I speak to a lot of successful women. And a lot of the times when I ask them who's an inspiration to them or who's one of their main competitors or who's who they find to be the most competitive person on the circuit. I mean, your name comes up every single time. I mean, it's, it's Sarah oh, Sostrom for cool. sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody, <laughs> everybody holds you up as the gold standard of, of somebody that um, they love to compete against. They, you know, for, even if it's their first time, it's like, who did you enjoy competing against for the first time? They're like Sarah Sostrom, you know? So um, oh, nice. that's an honor. Yeah, I mean, do you, to hear that. you feel that, um, that you've, you've earned that respect over a long period of time? Oh, well, I'm, I'm just happy that the uh, other swimmers say that. It's, mm. uh, like I said, it's an honor and I, I feel um, just happy to be able to do uh, this. And it, it's, been a, it's been a really long journey and it's been uh, tough also. It hasn't been easy all the time. Like I... I mean, I won a lot of gold medals and uh, silver and bronze and stuff, but sometimes I can't four. Sometimes I don't even make it to the final, but I keep going anyway because I know it's a part of being an athlete to have ups and downs. Uh, and even now, I'm, I'm trying to think that oh, sometimes uh, a serious injury is a part of being an athlete and it's a part of um, like writing uh, this story. Uh, yeah. And now my, my main goal is to try to come back from injury. So I'm just trying all the time to, to see every, everything I'm doing in my career as a, um, it's just a part, part of the journey, you know? I was going to say that because you do have an interesting career. I mean, you've had a, immense success, but you have had times where you finished second, third or fourth. Um, you, you've even had an interesting um, Olympic kind of uh life cycle as well you know you you only really had uh extreme success at your third olympics correct yeah exactly and that that was a a big mental challenge for me because i i I put so much pressure on myself because i knew it was my third olympic so 
something I had on my mind was like, okay, if I don't win a gold medal now, when I'm, I, I was such a good level before the Olympics already. I, mm. I won world champs, uh, um, 2015 and 13. And, um, I was just improving all the time. So I felt like, okay, if I don't win now on my third Olympics, I will probably never win the Olympics. So I was so Jeez. hard on myself. Yeah, like you put crazy. a lot of pressure. <laughs> I put too much pressure on myself. And I don't even know how I was able to handle that kind of pressure. It was uh, <laughs> it was so tough. And then I, I managed to actually go into the final in the 100 fly and even break the world record. Mm. Um, you know, it was tough, but uh, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I was able to, to go, go through that. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So uh, I want to analyze that because it's very interesting in terms of performance and we can learn a lot from that. But um, were you the first female swimmer in Sweden's history to win Olympic gold in swimming? Yes, that's correct. So that, wow. that was also one thing I was thinking about. So, <laughs> so I was like, I need to, <laughs> I want to be the first now. <laughs> so you added, you added that as well on, the, on terms yeah. of the pressure. So, well, listen, in terms of the, the pressure, how did you um, handle it then? Because obviously when you're thinking those things, that, that can make you physically sick, you know, to your stomach. And then your performance can obviously uh, be affected greatly. So how did you manage to not only... Um, have those thoughts, manage those thoughts, put those aside, and, and then ultimately win the gold and break the world record. Talk, talk me through maybe the process uh, of when you're at the Olympics and what's going on. So I did a lot of mental training before um, um, with my, um, what do you call it in English? Like psychologist? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, and she was even with me in Rio. Okay. Uh, and she was joining me a few times on other competitions before Rio mm. just to analyze my routines and uh, uh, how I act when I have a bad race and a good race and then we talked about that uh, just so because sometimes it's it's hard to to analyze those things by yourself so she was just like making notes how I was like handle, handling different situations so because I wanted to be 100% ready for an Olympic final no matter what, even if I have thoughts like like putting a lot of pressure on myself. So one of the things we did was just like trying to learn how to accept that the thoughts are going to come. I can't ignore mm. that I'm thinking the way I'm thinking before a race. It's just going to be there. So you just let the thought come in and then just, you know, go to the next one. And then try just try to handle that one and then, you know, trust that you've done, uh, you done all the work and training uh, and stuff like that yeah so it was a lot of uh, mental training uh, but yeah. also a lot of uh, uh, physical training of course but I think the mental part is such a big part of it that's really uh, cool that really you had someone me. travel with you as well you know to be there as, as a coach as a mental coach that's such a big deal yeah I think now uh, when I think about it afterwards it was it was really important i didn't i didn't understand how important what it was when i was doing that or when she joined me but afterwards i mean like yeah i actually think it, it was um playing a big part of it yeah uh, it's fair it's very common like look when we when we look at you and we see you physically and the way that you carry yourself you look very confident you look very strong you look ready i mean when we see you in the water but it's very normal to have doubts and fears and um, and pressure to, to put on ourselves even that, that those things are very common, right? 
yeah, it's a part of it. It's a, I mean, if, if, if you try to convince yourself, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to enjoy it so much. Walking into an Olympic final, like it's a, it's a small lie to yourself because actually when you're standing behind a block, it's not, it's not feeling, uh, it feels quite awful in your tummy all everyone who's who's doing a big international final know that feeling when you're so nervous it's actually not that pleasant <laughs> so <laughs> you just have to <laughs> you just have to like try to remember yourself to that it's um it's gonna be hard and you're gonna have these feelings but you're just gonna have to let them come and then just you know accept them but then uh, try to trust all the work you've done but um so that 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 really helped me that I was think- not trying to ignore the feelings, but just accept it instead. Oh, gotcha. I gotcha. Accept the, but don't let those feelings control you at the same time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, most people, when they stand up alongside of you, they're thinking, shit, I've got to try and I've got to race Sarah Sostrom right now. So they're, they're thinking about you and you're thinking about all the, all the pressure that you're putting on yourself. So we, we manifest things in our head, no matter who we are and what, what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the brain is uh, very special sometimes. So yeah, just try to learn to control it, and it will it will make a big difference. Well, in terms of being an Olympic final and breaking a world record, that that's very uncommon. It's very rare that in Olympic final someone would break a world record. So how were you able to get the best performance of your life in that moment out of yourself? It was it was a lot of uh, hard work before, uh, like I mentioned, the mental and the, the the mental part, but also hard training. Uh, and then uh, I I don't know. It was just everything was just working for a really long time before that. So I just uh, um, trusted all the work that I done. Did you have a feeling before that moment that? something special was going to happen that, that you felt like you were in control of that moment? Yeah, actually I was playing Yahtzee. I don't know if you heard about, yeah, you heard about that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I played with the other Swedish uh, swimmers. Um, and I was just so lucky all day. <laughs> <laughs> I had the best day ever. We, we usually play a lot of Yahtzee and board games and stuff when we have spare time when we go to world champs or olympic games and that day was very special because i was <laughs> lucky for the first time in history oh, wow. of board games <laughs> i was just playing i was just making a jatsi every every time so that then everyone know, knew that i was gonna win a gold medal you know they just <laughs> knew it everyone was so confident and the 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 team spirit we had mm. in the that olympic village with the the Swedish team was just amazing. All the support, I could just feel the support. Uh, all the the Swedish, uh, all the Swedish girls were on the stands. They wrote like my my name on their tummy, well, on the stands, uh. and they, they they were like my fan club and stuff. It was it was beautiful, and uh, uh, everyone came and gave me a hug before walking into the final. So they really helped me. Uh, to get there for sure nice nice i love that now what about in terms of when you're standing behind the blocks what's going through your head at that moment it's quite funny i i I don't i don't really i don't really say this that many times but the last thing i was thinking about before walking up on the blocks in the hundred fly final before the hundred fly final was 
my dogs. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. I was like, okay, when I come home to my dogs, they won't give a shit. If I, sorry <laughs> for the language. If sorry. I win a gold or if I walk away from here now, they're going to be so happy to see me again when I come home. They don't care about the medals. And that made me relax a little bit. Mm. I was like, okay. I love that. that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to i think it's about just finding a perspective you know mm, yeah. try to zoom out a little bit and i don't know think yeah. about something else that make you happy just for a moment and then you go back into the zone just before the start signal of course but yeah i yeah. love that i love that keep you calm now what was your race strategy uh so my race strategy was just to count my strokes the first 50 and not focus on trying to Oh, really? fast because I knew this. I had a speed, so I was just okay, counting strokes and then trying to hit the wall uh, with my hands because that's quite difficult in butterfly to how many get kicks, a perfect touch. How many kicks off the start and how many um, strokes to the first fifty? I don't really know how many kicks I do exactly. <laughs> oh, really? You just got a feel? Yeah, yeah. So I want to have like nineteen or twenty strokes the first fifty. Okay. Uh, and then on the whenever I'm done with the underwater part after the turn, and if I feel like I have uh, a lot of power left in my legs, I, I I'm usually quite confident that I can win the race. Mm. And that, uh, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But in the Olympic final, I still felt fresh after the underwater part. So then I knew I could I could carry it all the way. Oh, so wow. I, I was, yeah. just felt so strong. That's a good feeling. It's Absolutely. just about the, 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 the biggest challenge is always the first um, 50 plus um, 15 from the wall. Mm-hmm. That's like, <laughs> I just need to get the turn done over with, you know, and then I'm, I can just race. Yeah. Your, your second 50 you, you, is usually incredible the way that you crush people there. Now, are you um, thinking about, flowing with your arms on the way down or are you are you using your legs i mean what is what's the thought process on the way down i know you're counting strokes but it's just a rhythm thing for you just the rhythm and counting stroke not not too much power or anything mm. okay it's just gonna just let it flow naturally okay don't yeah. force anything sure now are you breathing every stroke so i don't breathe uh, before 25 meters and then i breathe uh, pretty much every stroke all the way oh hang on a second you you hold your breath to the 25 yeah and then oh. no breathing oh hold my breath 25 meters and then the last 75 is just every stroke oh wow geez how'd you come up with that race strategy uh i don't know i'm i'm trying to do it differently sometimes i've been trying to go like every second stroke but uh I just learned that uh, my rhythm is it's better if I have the same. It's easier for me to hold the rhythm if I don't breathe at all or if I breathe all the time. Mm. Wow. It's almost the same in freestyle. If I, if I hold my breath all the way or if I breathe every second stroke. Oh, okay. Wow. It's hard to like do something in between. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. It changes, your, if I, changes your rhythm. If I, start, if I start breathing in the 53, I, I can't stop. I'm just continuing oh. Oh, breathing okay. all the time. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Better so, just hold my head down all the way. Yeah. Now, what is your uh, goal split? Uh, or what, what did you go out in in the first 50 in that 100 fly? 26 uh, zero. 
26-0. So you're, you're, you're still getting out real, real quick. Yeah, it's pretty quick. But it was even, even faster in Budapest 2017. That my uh, first 50 was 25-6 or something like that. Oh, what's your fastest 50 flight time? 24-43. Okay. All right. So you're out in a, a roughly about a second off your... Yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's a normal, normal first split or like an average split is around 26-0 and uh-huh. 26-5. But yeah. and the then, Budapest split was the, probably the most impressive one. You went for it. Yeah. Now, what are you trying to come back in? Uh Obviously, as quick as possible. <laughs> I would lo- love to be under 29 seconds, but uh, if I can make it under 30 on the, the last 50, it's really, really good for me. Yeah. Now, do you know that you're winning a race or, or behind, or uh, do you know where you are in the field in a race like that? Um, in Hunter Fly, it's easier to see, I think, than it is in, uh, in like a Hunter Freestyle. You got the peripheral kind of thing? Yeah. But uh, uh, in Hunter Freestyle, I find it hard to know what, what's going on in the race. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, just in Butterfly, back to Butterfly real quick, because your, your Butterfly is incredibly beautiful. I mean, it's flowing. It's so strong and powerful. Well, where are you thinking? Where, where are you getting your power from? Um, you know, are you, are you catching? Are you coming from the hips? Are you hitting the legs? I mean, where's your power come from? I think it's this very good timing between the legs and arms. It's not, it's not like a super powerful kick or a super powerful stroke. It's just like a very good acceleration in the stroke. It's like perfect acceleration. Um, and then uh, you just time the kick very well with the stroke. I yeah. think that's, uh, and I'm also very flat. So my hips are quite high in the water mm. naturally. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, my my biggest um, uh, keys to success in in the butterfly. Let me ask you this: in terms of um, building speed and power, and then building endurance in fly, how how do you attack those two um, areas? Building speed and power. Yes. Um, so speed and power, I, I like doing uh, different kick sets. Uh, and not too much power with my arms mm-hmm. because you don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't for like uh, push too much water in the butterfly because then you, you it's not going to help you. You don't uh, want to, you don't <laughs> want to snatch at the water, right? No, no snatching or mm-hmm. splashing or anything. So you mm-hmm. should just be smooth and all the power should come from the, the hips and the, the kick in uh-huh. butterfly. And then, um, yeah. But uh, my actually, when uh, when I've done my best fifties in in butterfly, I I dig the water quite so the, the I almost dig the water so my 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 stroke looks quite quite short. It's like you get straight onto the catch. Yes, exactly. Okay. So my stroke looks quite round. I don't oh. know. It's quite hard to explain it, but uh, it's not working all the time. But uh, whenever uh, that kind of technique is working, I'm very speedy in the in the fifty fly. But now, did, yeah, did, I'm trying. You, I'm trying to focus more on the on the fly stroke than the fifty. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Do you um, do you do a lot of resistance work, like uh, buckets or stretch cords or um, anything like that? Uh, more uh, stretch cords. Okay. So like 
going against Resistance, the or, yeah. Yeah, no okay. bucket work. I would love to try that, but we don't have any anything like that in, in the pool in Stockholm. Oh, wow. That's incredible that you haven't even really tried that before. That's yeah. because, because everybody <laughs> in America does that. Yeah, I know. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that, but I, yeah, we don't have that in, in Sweden. Now, do you do a lot of speed kicking, like really fast kicking? Yeah, we're doing uh, some kind of sprint kicking almost every session. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Like what about what about what about slow longer kicking? Do you do slow butterfly kicking, or do you just prefer to do a flutter kick there? I I usually prefer to do flutter kick when there there is longer longer kick sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm quite lazy with the butterfly kicks when it's like a long kick set. I'm trying to do it more, and I will probably do quite a lot of kicking the next. Uh, two months because yeah. i'm not allowed to use my arms so yeah. i will definitely learn how to love uh, the the butterfly kick sets how is it that you managed to uh, do, you, do you still have the world record in the 50 free the 100 free and the 100 fly long course yeah so four world records in long course and two in short course oh what's the fourth one in the long course 50 fly 100 fly 50 free 100 free 50 fly yeah okay sure now how are you how do you manage to swim the world's fastest 50 freestyle, but also one of the world's fastest 200 freestyles. How do you train for that range? So actually it's, uh, it's strange because I always felt like my 53 and my 200 free work better together than oh. my, uh, 100 free and 53. Wow. So it's, it's very strange. I don't know why it is like that. Um, uh, I know that, it, it could be like I mentioned earlier that I, I like not breathing at all or breathing every stroke. Mm, gotcha. And I think hundred freestyle is somewhere in between where you should maybe breathe every four or every six, but I, my, my, um, uh, rhythm is not working perfectly yet. I, it's, I mean, I obviously have the world record, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I feel I just, the, the feeling is better in two and a three and the 53 somehow. Okay. Or the technique is working better for those strokes. When was the, well, I'm going to ask you two questions. When was the first time you broke 24 for the 50? And when was the first time you broke 52 in the 100? I think, yeah, actually the first time I, I broke um, 24 in the 50 freestyle, you mean? Yeah, yeah. 53, yeah. Uh, it was that's a good question. Actually, it was the same um, competition where I broke the world record in Fifth Fly 2014. It was Swedish uh-huh. Nationals. Oh. I was very, very speedy in in that in the those fifties. So I did twenty three nine or something, and then twenty four four in the fly. Uh, that must have been a good feeling to get under twenty four for the first time. Yeah, it felt great. Like the fifties were so speedy, but I couldn't really make the hundreds work at that time so somehow it's hard to get them both work oh really and then 100 free uh first time first time on the 52 yeah i only been on the 52 ones actually oh really that's when you <laughs> yeah. break the world record uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite i had to think first but then i was like actually i only been on the ones wow that well that's that was a good one then so where was that yeah. <laughs> At Budapest 2017, uh, the first uh, leg of the relay. 
Oh, okay. Right. Well, listen, look, you know, I've coached some hundred freestylers and, uh, you know, the goal for women is, you know, if you can get under 54, that's, that's really good. You're competitive. If you can get under 53, wow. I mean, you're swimming really fast, but like, how do you, I don't even know how you mentally prepare to go under 52. I mean, to me, that sounds so crazy for a woman to be swimming that fast when the majority of women would be so happy just to get under 54. How do you get under 52? Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I took a really big step 2017 in my 100 freestyle. My PB was 52.7 yeah. um, that year. So I, I did 53.0 in the Olympic final the year mm. before. Yeah. And that was very close to my PB. And then the next year I did... Um, yeah, my PB was 52.7. And then uh, I did, I started going uh, like down, like during the Mar Nostrum tour that summer before World Champs. And then I did 52, 52.07 uh, like four weeks before. So um, I don't know. Oh, you so you think maybe you it, might be, it might be uh, the racing that you're putting into this? Yeah, uh, I think also because um maybe i was a little bit overtrained uh the year before and that that was good for 100 fly and 200 free uh but in the 100 free maybe i need to be a little bit more fresh which i was mm. the next year because i didn't train too hard for like six seven months after the olympics i rested my body and then i went back to a little bit lighter program when it comes to to the amount of meters in the pool uh, I still did some quite like intense sessions, but I, I lowered the, the yardage a little bit. And then I started my Honda free started working when I did that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so I think that it was like a long taper for me, for sure. It's almost like what we're seeing in quarantine. Well, people coming out of quarantine now, exactly. you know, uh, people are swimming fast yeah. all around the world. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's because a lot of swimmers has been overtrained and then they are forced to calm down a little bit and rest their bodies and maybe do other kind of workouts like spinning or uh, work on their mobility and uh, take care of uh, injuries that are you know really uh, yeah you sometimes you have small injuries that you're too lazy to take care of but now when they were forced to to rest from swimming they had so much time to work on those they came back stronger when they were allowed to start swimming again. So yeah, it's true. So many people get back stronger when they actually have to rest, but you need the, the work uh, background before. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I still blame the coaches. Come on coaches. We've got to change swimming. We've got to revolutionize swimming. I think we're learning a lot through this process that, yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, even you just take your story there to come, come out and swim 51, seven, and you say that you you weren't doing the type of work that you're doing previously and you're racing a lot. I mean, there's so much to learn from athletes like yourself and Katinka. I mean, the ladies who have taken the mentality of racing and put it on the world stage. I mean, you're racing all the time, you know, when you're when you're healthy and when we're not in this COVID period, you're racing a lot. You're making a lot of money. You're having fun. You're you're part of uh, an international swim league that. Uh, is super competitive. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting back watching you and watching Katinka and watching the way that you're approaching the last four or five years and the success you're having, the amount that you're racing. And there's a lot to be learned from that. 
yeah and i think uh, the the swimming will keep improving a lot now because i think a lot of uh, coaches and swimmers learned a lot from this this uh, last year and um and also yeah like the the world records will they will definitely keep improving a lot in the next uh, in the next years yeah how do you feel i mean you're an ambassador right for the isl is that correct yes that's correct how, how do you feel about um, the way that that's gone over the last few years? Obviously, it's been uh, incredible and to watch and very well received. Have you been very happy with it? Yeah, I feel like it's amazing. I I was never a part of the college uh, swimming where you race for your team. Mm. I always uh, raced for myself. And of, of, like I did some relay sometimes uh, with the Swedish national team, but uh, I never, ever done this uh, team uh, race uh, yeah uh, like to go on the, behind the blocks and get points for for your team was a really cool feeling if you had the choice or if it came down to maybe not the olympics but let's say a world championship or a european championship or the isl at the same time which way do you think you'd go well that's a hard question <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> can't choose uh, I'm, I'm sure they're never gonna put all of those competition at the same time anyway so i don't think i'm gonna have to make that decision yeah yeah that's true too i mean uh, but, but i'm hoping that the isl can you know their vision was to have kind of a six month um season you know so at some point there's going to be competitions that overlap and and it sounds like um you know the format that they've got where you can you know, perform on television, live on television and win money. It's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Right? No, for me, for me, it's definitely important uh, to, to, um, uh, I mean, I have, I have already won a few medals in the European champs and I won world champs and stuff like that. It's, and that's an amazing feeling. Like I really like that, but at the same time, swimming is my job. Mm. So I would, I would probably choose the competition where the, the best bonuses. <laughs> yeah yeah why not it's very co controversial to say but yeah i think i would uh take it while you can get it i'll tell you what swimming yeah. <laughs> doesn't last forever and you never know when yeah. something's going to happen you know so you know take it while you yeah. can now, now listen are you uh firmly set on um competing in paris as well yeah definitely i i think uh also because of this uh injury that came very bad timing i feel like I I'm, I need to have, uh, uh, yeah, it's only going to be three more years until the next one. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to wanna come back and uh, maybe try to be even stronger on the next uh, Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I've kept you a long time. I just want to uh, leave you with one one last thing. Um, a good friend of mine, James Gibson, is has been your coach for a while as well. And uh, I just want you to talk about him for a little bit. I mean, he's a great man, a fantastic coach. Give us your thoughts on James Gibson. It's just amazing to, to be part of energy standard and to be able to train with James. He's also a really close friend. So we always having a lot of fun when we work and uh, uh, I've learned so much to be in Turkey to train with the, the other big uh, swimmers like uh, Panille Blumen, Flo Manadu and Shadow Claw. And it's, I feel so lucky to be able to train with them and uh, have all the support from from James and the other other staff. It's uh, it's it's been oh, it's hard to explain, but it's like I always have so much fun with them.
What does James do well that, that separates him, you think, that, that makes him so great at what he's doing? He's just very creative. And he makes, uh, let's say, like a, a boring exercise. It's, it's, he makes it fun somehow. Mm, yeah. And he, he loves finding new ways to um, make workouts even more fun. So yeah. I think he's the most uh, creative coach I ever, ever uh, worked with. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. Everybody's swimming fast. Um, I, I feel like that has kind of through this COVID period that has kind of changed a little bit in terms of where everybody's at right now. Correct. Yeah. So now uh, most uh, swimmers are, have been at home for the, the last year. It's hard for people to travel uh, the same way. Uh, and I think uh, it's been uh, quite good for like, because you never know if you get stuck like in your country. Every country has different restrictions and stuff. Um, I know, for example, for some swimmers, if they travel, they when they come back to their country, they need to be in quarantine. So I understand it's hard for a lot of people to travel now. Um, but I've been uh, in Sweden most of the time also at this, time, this uh, last um, year now. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. This has been awesome to catch up. Um, the the world of swimming needs you it's better with you so uh get healthy fast and get back to to racing again and we look forward to seeing you soon okay thank you so much for having me thanks sarah take care okay take care bye